One Islanders veteran is in no hurry to make a decision about retirement. We'll talk about that and its impact on the Islanders. Plus, the preseason schedule is set. We'll go over it. It includes three dates at the UBS Arena. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you've got a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR, VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings throughout what should be a very important offseason for this team from trade rumors, free agency, the draft, and rumors about veteran players retiring. We're going to cover it all for you right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast up until we start the new season with training camp in September. So, Let's start with this, uh, a little announcement a couple of days ago from Zdeno Chara and Big Z essentially announcing that he is in no hurry to make a decision as to whether or not to return to the NHL next season. And the statement made by Matt Keeter, that is Zdeno Chara's agent, is he's going to take the summer with his family and assess where he's at physically, where his family is at, and make a decision in September. No rush. So that's the quote from Chara's agent. And, you know, it's a tough situation. But to me, for the Islanders... The decision should be an easy one. Zidane Chara could decide he wants to return at the age of 45 and play another season in the NHL. And you know what? I have no question about it in my mind that Zidane Chara is more than capable of being an effective third-pair defenseman for whatever team you know will have him at the age of 45. 
He is no longer an all-star. He is no longer elite. He is still, however, a useful piece of the puzzle on the right team. But I will say this. The right team is not the New York Islanders. And that's nothing against Zidane O'Chara. Zidane O'Chara is A, still physical, B, still for the most part good in his own zone, not afraid to defend his teammates, not afraid to use his reach and his size to break up plays. All of that he can still do. And I think the best thing right now at this stage of his career for Zidane O'Chara is the intangibles that he brings. And if you look at the jump that Noah Dobson made this past year, the jump from sort of a, a, a tentative young pro who was still learning to a guy with a lot more confidence in when he should pinch, in how he plays in his own zone, and how he prepares both physically and mentally for a hockey game, a lot of that step forward, that blossoming of maturity for Noah Dobson was helped by having Zidane Chara next to him, playing on a defensive pair with him, uh, just showing him by example what you have to do in order to be a professional and play this game at the highest level. And look, Chara has done it for a quarter of a century almost. And no question, Dobson, you know, Chara was a catalyst in Dobson's development. But at this stage, right now, the Islanders need to add a puck-moving defenseman, maybe even two, but definitely one. And if you're looking at a top four of Pelic and Pulak and Dobson uh, and Scott Mayfield. And then, you know, what are you going to do for that third pair? Quite honestly, Zidane Chara is just not the answer. You have those four. You need to add one more puck-moving defenseman. And then, you know, you, you, you sort of have to figure out who else fits in? Is Robin Salo ready? Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, is it worth bringing back Sebastian Ajo, who is going to be uh, an unrestricted free agent this year? Again, I would tend to think he might be better off looking elsewhere for an opportunity uh, because of his defensive deficiencies and his limitations. But again, maybe you bring him back. But to bring back Zidane O'Chara right now, to be on the second pair, uh, it doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense to me. And the Islanders have to acquire that puck mover that we talked about yesterday and, and a few other times over the course of the offseason. They need to bring in that guy. And then, you know, if Salo isn't ready and Ajo isn't back, maybe, maybe then you could... Think about Chara, but to me, it's time for this team to get younger. It's time for this team to add more speed and mobility. And overall, 
adding Zdeno Chara right now, it's not time for that. That doesn't help the Islanders get from where they are to where they want to be. And it's nothing against Zdeno Chara. I love the guy. He was a great player throughout his career. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's a good guy on and off the ice. But the New York Islanders need to get faster. They need to get younger. They need to add a puck mover, not a 45-year-old stay-at-home defenseman who is clearly past his prime. And if he comes back for one more year, I think he's capable. I just don't think the Islanders right now are the right fit for Zdeno Chara. We'll see what happens, and again, we won't know the decision according to his agent until we get closer to training camp. That's fine, but to me, if I'm Lou Lamorello and I'm the New York Islanders, I move on and I say to myself, we will go out and get another player, and if Zdeno Chara decides to come back, you know, if we have room, we can invite him to training camp. Or, more likely, he'll sign with someone else and we move on. But we'll see what happens. That's why they play the game, as they say. So we'll see what Chara decides to do and then what Lou Lamorello decides to do. We have got more to discuss on today's show. We will talk about the preseason schedule, which has now been officially released, including three home dates for the Isles at the UBS Arena. And we'll mention a little bit what the Islanders can learn from the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. That and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including Major League Baseball and, and really you could do NFL futures, uh, the NHL draft, free agency, so many things still to come. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So the Islanders' preseason schedule is official. It has been released. We are happy about that. And there are six games on the preseason schedule. The first one will be September 26th. And the good news is that the Islanders are going to only be playing three teams in the preseason over the course of six games, and they'll play each of those teams home and away. They'll open it up on the road at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. That means minimal travel, which is also a plus. That's September 26th, a 7 p.m. start. And again, the beautiful thing about this for all three games, if you're an Islanders fan and you want to travel to Madison Square Garden or... Philadelphia or Newark, New Jersey, it's all close enough that you could do it. You could probably get tickets for, you know, an inexpensive amount of money and see your New York Islanders. One day later, September 27th, 
It'll be at the Prudential Center, Islanders at the Devils again, a 7 p.m. Eastern time start. Then the Islanders will get a few days off, and October 2nd, it'll be the first home game of the preseason. Islanders hosting the Philadelphia Flyers at the UBS Arena again, a 7 o'clock start at UBS. Two days later, they will be the last road preseason game. Islanders traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Flyers, 7 o'clock Eastern. And then on October 6th, home game against the Devils at the UBS Arena, 7 o'clock. And then on the 8th, you close the preseason the same way you opened it against your biggest rival, the New York Rangers, 7 o'clock Eastern time. That is three days before the start of the regular season. And October 8th, will close out the preseason. I like this schedule it keeps everybody close to home, and it allows us to start looking at some of these key questions that the Islanders have to ask about some of their prospects, about Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, uh, what players that, you know, assuming the Islanders make the moves that Lou Lamorello said he wanted to make. It'll give us an idea of where those new players are fitting in, whether uh, Wallstrom is still a second or third line player, or do they move him up to a line with Matt Barzal? How do prospects like Simon Holmstrom and William DeFore and Aturatu, how do they all perform in some of these preseason games? All of these things are going to begin to get answered once we get to the preseason. And, you know, the other thing that you're going to need to know, it'll give us more of an idea about Lane Lambert as the new coach of the Islanders and what, you know, what kind of combinations he's putting together, what style of play he wants his players to have. We will get an idea of the differences between Barry Trotz and Lane Lambert starting September 26th at that first preseason game. So that is all things to look forward to. And we are talking about, you know, three, less than three months away. So hockey offseason, the beautiful thing about it, it's not that long. And uh, we will certainly have all of this covered for you here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Now, congratulations are in order for the Colorado Avalanche. They are your 2022 Stanley Cup champions. And from an Islanders perspective, I like it. First of all, the Islanders dynasty, winning three straight Stanley Cups, actually four straight from 80 to 83. No team has won three in a row since then. Not the great Edmonton Oilers teams of the 80s with Gretzky and Messier and Coffee and, and all those guys. They never won three in a row. No other team, not the Penguins with uh, Mario Lemieux or Sidney Crosby, not the Blackhawks, not the Kings. None of these great teams and now not the Tampa Bay Lightning. So... Uh, that streak is intact. And then congratulations to Devon Taves, who, the former Islander defenseman, who went out and won his first Stanley Cup. 
And Taves, I'll tell you, he has really, really played well for the Avalanche. So at least, you know, there is an Islanders connection to the Stanley Cup win. And that, in and of itself, is good. You got to look, most Islander fans I know were rooting for the Abs. And Taves was a popular player when he was here on the island. But when I look at the final and I look at the Avalanche, there are things we learned from the Stanley Cup final. Where the Islanders, you know, how do they match up with the Avalanche? And I think the big difference, the two big differences, number one, the Avalanche have a lot more speed, something that the Tampa Bay Lightning really didn't have an answer for for most of that series. And it's an area the Islanders really can use and upgrade at. So whether it's the puck-moving defenseman that we talked about, the goal scorer that we talked about, or whether they add a playmaker, if I'm Lou Lamorello, I look at the Colorado Avalanche and their Stanley Cup win, and I say, you know what? My team needs to be faster, needs to be more difficult to defend against. And there are different ways to do that, but speed is one of them. And the old, the old adage... The cliche is you can't teach speed. Well, you can't. And it's also hard to defend speed unless you've got speed and the Islanders really lacking it up and down their lineup with a few notable exceptions. And the other thing about the Avalanche that we noticed, and it also is something the Islanders need to work on to get from where they are to where they want to be, the Avalanche are not afraid to shoot the puck. And I'm not saying they just shoot indiscriminately or take bad shots, but when you look at the box score from most games for the Avalanche, you notice they will get their fair share of shots over the course of a game. That when the chance is there to take it, they do take a shot. And they don't try to take a good scoring opportunity and make a pass to get an a perfect scoring opportunity. Great teams don't do that. You're better off in the NHL in most circumstances taking four good shots rather than trying to get one or two perfect shots or outstanding shots. The Islanders don't shoot the puck enough. And again, out of the players they acquire this offseason, the hockey moves that we've heard that Lou Lamorello says he has to make absolutely positively one of those has to be, and I mean has to be, acquiring guys who are not afraid to shoot the puck. So we'll keep an eye on that, but those to me are sort of the two observations that I picked up from watching the Stanley Cup playoffs and in particular the Stanley Cup final and comparing the Avalanche to the Islanders. We have got more to get to on today's show, our Islanders birthday of the day still to come. Uh, We're talking about a guy who played for more than 10 NHL teams, and that includes a couple of seasons with the New York Islanders in the mid to late 2000s. We've got that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. 
Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And today is the 51st birthday of former Islanders center Mike Sillinger. Sillinger, a native of Regina, Saskatchewan, drafted in the first round by the Red Wings back in 1989, made his NHL debut in 1990-91 with the Red Wings, and boy did this guy get around. Played for Detroit, Anaheim, Vancouver, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Florida, Ottawa, Columbus, the Coyotes, the Blues, the Predators, the Islanders, that's 12 <coughs> NHL teams in his career. And he played in 1,049 NHL games. I remember him receiving his silver stick for the 1,000 games played in the NHL when he was with the Islanders. 240 career goals, 548 points, 644 penalty minutes. Never did win a cup, but played in 43 playoff games, 11 goals, 18 points there. And uh, let's see, five of those playoff games were with the New York Islanders. He had a goal and two points in those five games back in 2007 in the playoffs against Buffalo. And Sillinger was a useful guy. Uh, he sort of is like a, a J.G. Pajot kind of guy. Maybe not as good defensively as Pajot, but great on faceoffs can be on the second power play unit, can kill penalties, responsible defensively, and can give you that, you know, 15 to 25 goals a year and be a good leader in the locker room. And the scary thing is his son played in the NHL now. So uh, a second-generation Sillinger out there these days. His best year with the Islanders was 6 7 82 games, played in all of them, had 26 goals and 59 points that year. And we're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Isles. December 2nd, 2006, Islanders visiting the Mellon Arena in Pittsburgh. Rick DiPietro, the goalie for the Islanders. Marc-Andre Fleury in goal for the Pens. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first. You had Chris Thorburn of Pittsburgh off for interference. And Miro Chatan, his sixth from Tom Pody and Radek Martinek at 328. Islanders up 1-0. But later on, well, the Islanders had uh, Andy Hilbert off for hooking. And the Penguins' power play cashes in. Colby Armstrong, his third from Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby at 752. We're tied at 1-1. One and one. Pittsburgh got another power play chance when Tom Pody headed off for hooking, and Eric Christensen made the Islanders pay. His second of the year, Ryan Whitney and the goalie, Marc-Andre Fleury, with the assist at 12.02. After one period, the Islanders are down 2-1. to one. In the second period, uh, already chippy game got even more physical. Yarku Rutu and Tom Pody offer roughing early in the period. Miro Shatan and Mark Recchi in the middle of the period. And then late in the period, Chris Simon of the Islanders and Ronald Petrovicki of the Penguins drop the gloves and each go off five for fighting. The Islanders tie it early in the second period. Victor Kozlov, his sixth, Andy Hilbert and Radek Martinek with the helpers at 257. And then the Islanders power play. 
gets going. Uh, Mike Sillinger, Islanders' birthday of the day, his sixth from Pody and Victor Kozlov at 10.04. Islanders up 3-2 to two after two periods. In the third, Kozlov, his seventh from Andy Hilbert, gives the Islanders a two-goal lead. Mark Recchi pulls the Penguins back to within one with a little less than five minutes left in the game. Ryan Whitney and Sidney Crosby with the assists. But then our Islanders' birthday of the day, Mike Sillinger, clinches the win for the Isles, his seventh from Jason Blake and Richard Park at 17-25. The Islanders win this one 5-3, 34 saves for Rick DiPietro. Islanders outshot in this one 37-35. But for Mike Sillinger, our Islanders' birthday of the day, he tied for the team lead with five shots on goal. Two of them went in. He was a plus one and was on ice for 22 minutes and 49 seconds. And uh, that was basically second among all Islanders forwards in that game. So a great two-way center, full of intangibles, leadership, and grit. Mike Sillinger, who is 51 today, is our Islanders' birthday of the day. We are going to continue tomorrow with our look at possible players the Islanders could draft. We're going to take a look at Marco Casper next and discuss his strengths and weaknesses, what to expect from him, and why he might be a good fit for the New York Islanders. So make sure you join us for that. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the offseason like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.